You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by the question, what would happen if you ate nothing but craft singles and a laxative? So we're talking about uh, <laughs> uh, Angry Matt is about to take a road trip out to Colorado, and we're discussing what would be good road trip food. And uh, he brought uh, up... Uh, backstory. Mm-hmm. I am a little lactose intolerant, meaning I can eat cheese. It does not make me have loose stool or nausea, but it does make me have excessive flatulence. Continue. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I think that might be an understatement. That's, that's really, kind of an understatement, isn't it? No, that's that's very true. I'm not. Like, <laughs> I think it's pretty standard. If like one dude ate a bunch of bread, and like both these people had like quote normal digestive systems, and like one dude is eating bread, and the other guy is eating craft singles, like the guy that's eating craft singles is probably going to fart a little bit more than the guy eating bread. I would imagine, <laughs> unless the guy has like celiac disease or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah. So we wanted to know what would happen. If a individual was to take a road trip, so, yeah, so and eat nothing but craft singles, like mushed into yep. bread cheese balls, like you would make a snowball, just like pile it up in your hand and then eat it like an apple, right? Yeah, because you know cheese stops most people up, I guess, if you're sort of normal, and then a laxative, like I don't even know what would happen. Like, I, it would probably be crazy. I think your your uh, skin over by your hip would rupture, and it would just all come out the side. You'd have a new side Ew. asshole. That's so gross. Why would you even think about that? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know how this question was even posed, and I apologize to all of our listeners for the terrible content. Now, I do have an announcement uh, to make because by the time that this is posted, we will have something formalized, and if not completely in action, it will be very, very close to being in action. Uh, coming in the very near future, you will have the opportunity to take your money. And contribute to Mountain Bike Radio as a whole, not to us as a show or other people as a show, but contribute to Mountain Bike Radio in a way that will further allow Mountain Bike Radio to produce content, lock in content. Um, kind of like some, public radio. Yeah, kind of like all your public radio stations would do. TV. Uh, but the really cool thing is different levels of contribution are going to, right off the bat, um, qualify you for different levels of prizes. And then uh, that stuff will be given at a later date. So we're going to wait and see how many people need each prize. They're going to be good stuff. Uh, And we're only going to order it once everything has been um, donated. And then every week, we're going to do a weekly drawing, uh, which does not reduce your chances of being uh, selected for the grand prize drawings. We're going to have two of those. And we've been working with a couple of companies on getting the prizes for the intermediate and grand prizes worked out. some of it's going to be a mostly all expenses trip paid to a race. Uh, a bunch of other cool stuff will be coming out very shortly. It'll all be formalized or finalized. And if it's not, on my way home from Land Run, I'm going to detour through North Dakota and I'm going to kick Ben in the head. So, with that said, we can go on with our normal show. Okay, this. Hold on, wait, 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 hold on. What's been taken out? Stop for a second. Stop and let me restart so Ben can can start with me saying. Okay, so I'm looking at the number 22 uh, 
carbon titanium 13.1 pound road bike. That's it. The North American Handmade Bike Show. <laughs> it is pretty freaking sexy. I mean, that is like. Does it have pedals on it? No, but yeah, it's, it's got not. a it's got a hologram crank. It's got it doesn't have bottle cages either. I mean, I always weigh bikes with pedals and bottle cages. So. And Garmin mount and everything. I mean, you ride it, you weigh it like you'd ride it, minus the seat pack, minus the computer. Right. So I mean, but still, I mean, that's that's a sexy bike. That's fine. That that's like it makes me tingle a little bit. So I would like to. We have a, a bunch of donations this week. William Cannonberg from Michigan gave $25. Tyler Lowens, there's an extra E in there, uh, from Nebraska gave $25. That is a state, Kenny. Nebraska's a state. <laughs> <laughs> Christine Schulz from Ontario, that's part of Canada, she gave $25. Oh, I just found something to rip on. But Rob keep going. Clark. From- is, is Canada part of the U.S. yet? Well, it touches. Are we it, working on it that? Touches. Is Obama working on that? It's like having a soak. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Clark from Arizona gave $25. And Scott Merchant from Michigan gave $10. So That is awesome. Been getting money. Here's my here's my knobs rip of the week. Um, there is an alchemy, which I know lots of people like them. Yep. And I think they make like this the frame, and this is once again. This is one of those things where it's like, the frame, it's nice. I mean, someone someone did their homework. They made a real nice frame. Put Envy wheels on it. You know, like, like you do for one of these bikes at the Handmade Bike Show. But Ardent UST tires. Are you actually allowed to... Are you allowed to build a knobs bike without envy wheels, or do they kick you out of the of the conference <laughs> hall like immediately? Well, that previous one had Reynolds carbon wheels. Okay, but they have to have carbon wheels. Because last year, I think they have to have carbon wheels to get in. Last year, you weren't or bamboo. Allowed you have to, to have bamboo wheels or carbon wheels. Yeah, you weren't allowed to. There's be no part alloy. of the show last year if you didn't have envy wheels. Yeah, like no alloy wheels. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. I know that now. Though. But UST, who uses ardent UST tires? Why did they even still make that? They probably found them in like a, the back corner <laughs> of a bike shop or something. Either like that. they couldn't get a normal tubeless tire to to mount on those. Yeah. So oh. a, a, a much better thing is these guys are roadies, and they just had no clue, and they got like. But Maxis makes a tubeless ready. Well, they probably thought UST equals tubeless. Like, yeah, let's do it. They probably, like Andrea said, they either found them or they hurriedly. Got them. That was all that was in stock at QBP when they so were... So every bike shop in the world has some UST tires laying around because no one's ever going to buy them. Exactly. I actually have some UST tires at the shop, and they've been there since I started working there four years ago. I was in the shop today, and uh, I saw some tires from 2011, some like Kenda Slant 6s or something. <laughs> and like, yeah. There's a, uh, you know, there's the little season part on the barcode, and it was like 2011, and I'm like... How are these still... Oh, they're slant sixes and no one wants them. Yeah. I should probably mark those down to like 90, $5. 90% off. I mean, this really... Like, this is otherwise is a hot bite, but it's got the Ardent UST, which are they're like a 1,000 grams a piece. They're un. I mean, they're at least... They are somewhere in the neighborhood of a 1,000 grams each. They are unbelievable. So they've got this like hot carbon bike 
with DI2, XTR DI2. God, I do not like that stuff. I do not like it. But still, the, I, I mean, it's... Can't. You can't even... No, I just can't imagine. Oh my god, Andy's outside for piss. I didn't want him to pee on the floor. I love the DI2 stuff. I want to make like a Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> in the morning. Like, I hit a little DI2 button and it like makes me coffee. <laughs> that's kind of awesome. So yeah, that's uh, that's wait, my wait that's my wait. knobs bitch for the week. Wait a minute. What? No, I have like a very like. Plus, it has the old NVC post on it too, Kenny. Nice. Are we about to delve in the mind of Matt McCulley for a second? I hear. I think I hear. Oh. I hear wheels turning. Well, you can make it. You can get the long E tube connections. <laughs> Uh, yep, Matt's are. thinking of how of how to make coffee with we, a we DI2 switch. We are delving switch. into the mind of Matt McCulley. So you can use a DI2 remote shifter, like the, the bar top one, and you could integrate that into your alarm clock. Okay. So on the top of your alarm clock, when you push snooze the first time, that would then, when you push the snooze button, you would push a shift button located under the snooze button on half the snooze button, right? So you'd still push snooze, you'd, you'd actuate DI2. Then what would happen is on your coffee maker, you would have a front derailleur set up, and that would be dumping it to an easier gear, you know, like shifting to the little ring. And when you did that motion, it would push the button to start percolating coffee. So I've got a really cool thing to try, because I don't know if anyone's tried it, and I'm sure there's a tech document or some Japanese guy who, like, really knows what he's talking about. But I want to know what the distance limit is on the length of a DI2 cable. I'll bet you, I want to get like some butt connectors. I don't know if they exist or not. I don't know if they do either. Okay, well anyway, need to figure out how to daisy chain cables together. I want to make one that's like ridiculously long and see if everything still works. I'm just curious. Well, there has to be some way because they're running them on uh, tandems. Well, you can buy out of the box ridiculously long cables. But I want to make like an, a ridiculously, ridiculously long cable. You guys are pointing at the computer screen. I can't see. Sorry. Secrets don't make friends, and friends don't make. We're well, going to tell you if Kenny if if Kenny thought this was as ridiculous as I do. Go tell. We have to know now. Well, like the wheels look really tiny in the wheelbase. It's like a ridiculously It's like long. an extra large enduro bike made by Dean, and the chainstay is the size of a pencil. Oh, now I see it. I didn't even see it before because you can't see it. Yeah, it's... Well, it's a Dean 150-millimeter travel bike, and they don't have a real fucking pivot in the bottom. <sighs> I don't know. Anyway. No, there is no... I don't know about it. It's, like, worse than a single pivot. It's a no pivot. Like, there's all like, that linkage It looks shit. like they put a... They put some kind of a linkage in there. I don't know what You can see is. it behind the, the chain ring. But it's not a normal pivot. Then, look, then there's nothing back here. Yeah, there's nothing back here. I'm just surprised that thing can flex that much. Then it, it, I it, mean, it's the size of a pencil. What I'm saying is this is just like a scalpel. There's no pivot. I know, in the yeah. Triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I think it, I think that's a decent, that's an Enduro bike. I think it's a decent idea for a short travel bike. Oh. <laughs> that's 70... He's, he needs a moment. I'm not going to lie. One of my, like, tiny little dream bikes right now would be a 27.5 plus soft tail, just like that titanium with, like, 60 to 80 mil travel. Oh, okay. Taking the place as a pivot in the four-bar suspension, the chainstays are made from a titanium plate. Due to the relief cuts and the shaping of the plate, the chainstay flexes upwards, which works in tandem with the rest of the pivots to allow for full 150 millimeters of travel. No, do not test my gangster on crazy, stupid stuff that's out there. I read the internet. I don't have a job right now. What do you think I've been doing for the last month? 
<laughs> hey, that's that was rowdy. I'll give it to him. That's freaking rowdy. That's ballsy. that is really rowdy. That's not rowdy. rowdy. That's sketchy as hell. That's super ballsy. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, if that sucker's got a warranty, buy the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah. If they buy. have a warranty on a piece of titanium stabbing you in the leg when it breaks, <laughs> dude. Every, or if they have a warranty on every single twenty six or scalpel that broke. they ever made broke. Or if they have a warranty on undampened. Oh, I will rebound. say. I will say. It only broke at the, where they glued the carbon to aluminum. Because it turns out that when you glue shit together, it generally doesn't work right. You know, like all those little things in your house that you like put crazy glue on and it like works for a week and then falls off? That's exactly what it's It's like happen. the industrial version of that. It's like you glue it together with industrial epoxy and then it cycles like, I don't know, two million times over a year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it doesn't. It's not like yeah. glued together. Anymore. The carbon is fine, and the aluminum is fine. Ooh, can we rip on Silka pumps also? The glue in between. Are them. you talking about all those custom painted pumps? They look cool. I mean, those really do look cool. It's just the head on a Silka pump sucks so bad. Well, that's fine. It's a little valve core killer. All it's right. cool as long as you have removable valve cores of Silka or replaceable valve cores. A Silka pump is awesome. So where are we at in the show? In the, in the little timeline. Where are we in the show? We're at, like, the awful point. This is, like, the worst show ever. I this just, is the best show I just show want ever. to slam my computer and then drink the rest of that Maker's Mark. I think it's pretty so. good. And other people don't know if Ben does this, but I hope Ben actually listens to the show and does edit things. He we will. should probably send him an email. He will. I'll okay. do it right now. All right, Like, cool. while we're thinking about it's it. It's going to be awesome because no one else is going to know what we're talking about because it'll be gone. But Oh, yeah. We had to, it's we had to do a little... Uh... A little choppy-choppy <laughs> because Matt lost his shit. Okay, um, uh, let's let's get back to. Do you want to go ahead and do like viewer emails? Oh my god, we have so many listener questions. Viewers, viewers, yeah, they view with their ears. They're using their third ear to listen. <laughs> that is the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I, I was making fun of the third eye. Oh, okay, I didn't get that. It makes it even dumber. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. No problem, man. Anytime. You're. <laughs> okay, so we have a ton of questions. Um, and we're going to s- stop. We are going to start with Scott Merchant's question because he gave money and uh, money talks. So, uh, hey guys, love the show. Great source of honest, unbiased advice that I like. Let me give you my. We're unbiased story. until companies pay us under the table. Boom. Yeah. You don't even know what goes well, on. Well, it here. is honest because a lot of, sometimes we just don't agree with each other. So you know that we're not like feeding you a bunch of bullshit. You don't know who's paying me. okay I've got a 2013 Giant Trance XO here's the link it's stock except for the Thompson seat post and Easton carbon bars man I got that giant money that giant is awesome don't change anything on it they made it perfect from the factory I'm still running tubes Mm. okay maybe it wasn't perfect don't laugh too hard but plan on going tubeless for this season I'm 35 5'8 160 been riding for 8 years more seriously riding the last 2 years and I'll be doing my first race this year I'm looking for advice on what would upgrade my ride more. Responsive, enjoyable, perhaps lighter. Please don't say get a new bike. I like wheels, but I'm guessing to get a significantly better wheel set than what I have would cost me many, many more dull hairs. I am considering going to a 1x10. I live in lower Michigan, eh? But I do travel more and more every year to ride new trails. Thanks for the feedback and keep up the good work. And I can tell you very quickly what his bike is. Can you tell me the model and such? I will internet it. It is a Trans X. 29er O. It has XT triple. It does not have a clutch. And like 29er zero? 29er zero. Okay. Yeah. What year roughly? 2013. 
Um, and it has a dropper post from the factory. It looks pretty rowdy. Um, the wheels doo -doo -doo -doo, are probably nothing, if I had to guess. The wheels are made by Giant. So the best thing that Scott can do... Okay, so like that's a, it's a pretty nice bike. Yep, I was going to say the best thing he can do to make his bike nicer would be to get, uh, he's 160 pounds, so he should, on a full suspension bike, so he should get a set of Stan's Crest wheels. Yep. Or don't even play around and just go carbon. Because they're awesome and you can move them to any bike you get in the future, and you will love them. They're expensive, but they're freaking awesome. Any carbon except for Envy. <laughs> um, Envy does not pay us, by the way. Really, even the, uh, the guy that I talked to at, uh, Spokes, the the spokes guy that I talked to, at, we hadn't talked about it on the show yet, but we will sometime in the future, hopefully. I gotta email him, but uh, he was even like, like he doesn't have a problem with any. It didn't sound like anyway. We talked very briefly about wheels because he builds wheels. Um, he didn't really seem to have a problem with any rims except for Indies. He's like, yeah, they are too stiff and they do break. So looking at your bike, it looks sorry like, tangent. It, it looks like the best things you could do to upgrade it would be a wheel set. And, wheels, wheels, wheels. Uh, I think that a Crest wheel set would be bang for your buck. The best thing you could do to lighten it up. Uh, Kenny thinks that you should go with a carbon wheel, and I don't really disagree with that. I have carbon wheels on my Jet Nine, and I really like them. But we do love i nine hubs. We're, we have another question for later that's going to get into hubs. So oh, Scott I didn't is, know if it was his. No, if Scott just follows along, we'll get into hubs later. Okay. Just, I'm going to talk other little things that just generally on almost any bike that someone wants to upgrade, cheap for the money, and we're talking about weight here, not really performance. Carbon bar and a lighter cassette. He has a carbon bar already. Oh, he does? He okay. Carbon bar. Sorry, I didn't see that. But like cassettes, you'll be shocked. I mean, people put a damn Dior cassette on there or something from the factory, even with XT stuff, and those things are boat anchors. Yep. They are ridiculous. So like XT cassettes, for example, are phenomenal. They're, they're really like, cheap. They're like 100. They're 85 bucks. Yeah, now. that's what I thought. They're so cheap. Somewhere in there. Um, the other thing that he could do that would uh, save some hassle, I guess, would be nicer wheels. Or, uh, sorry, nicer tires. Oh, Ben just asked me which part. <laughs> uh, that's awesome in minutes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, generally, I think that's a very, very nice bike. It's one of the few listener bikes where we're not like, okay, it's all crap. You have to get rid of it all. I think it's fine. Uh, but we'll probably Lower Michigan that. and one die ten. I don't. I know about the only place in Michigan in Lower Michigan oh. I've ridden was Midland, and I would say one by ten is wonderful for there. And you could even go with a closer range cassette, like an eleven thirty two, easily. Hold on, but let's throw this out here. If he's if he's going to go one by, and let me see, twenty thirteen, I'm going to. It is a Shadow Plus rear derailleur. Sorry. Uh, if you. Yeah, it is. I okay. read the specs, and it says it is. I can't quite see from the picture. So what I would say is, if it, if you have a rear derailleur that doesn't have a clutch, the whole thing's a wash. You're going to have to start over. If for whatever reason, if he doesn't, but if you if you're going to go one by eleven, do it when you buy the wheels. Don't buy the wheels and then later come back and buy the free hub and the rest of the parts. Do it all at once. That would be my last recommendation. If you're going to go one by ten. I wouldn't go one by ten at this point. I would go XTR one by eleven. It's just better in every way possible. It doesn't need a different free hub, so you could do it in incremental parts. But if you're planning on going with a SRAM XO system, 
then do it incrementally. Or, no. sorry, do it as a lump, not incrementally. No, I think the XGR 1 by 11 is a really good suggestion because he can actually, he's got a triple crank right now, does he not? Yep, so okay. he can run a... Just run a wolf tooth ring or any other brand you like and just bolts right on there. You're good to go. There's no need, unless you want to go carbon and save weight, there's no need to change the crank. There's really not. It's a fine crank. There's nothing wrong with it. You need a shifter. It's an XT crank, though. I it's mean, a, a, carbon really nice crank. a carbon crank is not really... It's about 100 grams lighter, depending on what brand you get. XX1 is 100 grams lighter. Uh, the next SL race face is 200 grams lighter. Um, all he needs to do though is buy a shifter, a cassette and a derailleur and a front ring and he's done. That's really not that big of a deal. So anyway. that's, that's the way to do it. Uh, so Scott, thank you for the question. Thank you for the donation. We're going to move on though. The speed of life. Cause there <laughs> someone is... on my Facebook just asked who make fake I- IDS. Who make fake IDs? What is that? Who make is fake that a person who's real? Are you friends with that person? I am. I don't know how Are I'm actually friends with that person. Freaking kidding me? He he's someone I don't know how I'm friends with him, but I stay friends with him because of stuff like he this. He says really off the wall, ridiculous stuff. Exactly. That's actually, just straight up illegal. So <laughs> who, who does says that on Facebook? Who make fake IDs? Yeah, like hey, don't like my wife so much. Looking for a hitman. Like, you don't put that on Facebook. Like, that's not smart. That's definitely something that goes on Craigslist. Yeah. Craigslist, you're fine. Man, you're good. Okay. Uh, Andy Minchin sends in the question. Dear JRA, too long, did not read. I want to upgrade my bike by building some sweet wheels. Which one should I build? I listen to your show every week, and it makes my dark winter training go by a little easier. Matt, I like your ornery attitude. Fuck you. <laughs> because I disagree with you sometimes and feel like you're cutting me off even a thousand miles away in Denver where I live and ride. I am because you're a piece of shit. It's like that in real life, too. I eat your bread. Okay. <laughs> I've been playing with wheels a lot recently. I took apart and rebuilt an old wheel for my commuter bike. I want to build some wheels as an upgrade for one of my mountain bikes. Both bikes were new to me last summer and have stock wheels. I have a Salsa El Mariachi with 29er Shimano MT66 yada yada wheels that I use for camping and longer, less technical rides. Or a single day, or sorry, just more long ride stuff. Uh, I'm attempting to do a single day Cocopelli trail in the fall. My other bike is a Yeti SB75 with 650B Mavic cross rides. I use that for rowdier stuff on the Colorado Trail and on the Front Range. I'm 150 plus 15 pounds for a backpack, and I tend to break stuff, but I've never broken a wheel. I want something lighter and wider for the Yeti. Right now I'm running Ardent's front and rear, but I want to go back to an Ardent 2.4 on the front. Um, for the Salsa, I'm thinking about getting something lighter. I don't have a lot of thoughts about the current wheels, as this is my first 29er, and I haven't ridden hard to in a while. I was thinking about getting Stan's Crest for the Salsa and Arch for the Yeti. There isn't a specific reason for Stan's other than the fact that people seem to like them and they're a good value. For the hubs, it depends on the budget and what I can find, but on the cheaper end, I was thinking of getting DT350s, otherwise Hope I9 DT240s or Kings. Three questions I have are... Don't get Kings. (laughs) Okay, let's... Yeah, we'll cut it off there. Boom. Don't buy DT Swiss 350s. Okay. Hold on. If you're going to buy DT Swiss 350s and Stan's rims, you may as well just buy Stan's wheels. I agree. The and DT 350s are no better, really, than the stock ZTR hubs. In fact, they're heavier by quite a bit, and they cost, in the end, about the same. Even though you can't buy Stan's hubs by themselves, if you look as a package, 
it's going to be about the same price. So, and same with Hope. Hope wheels, they're heavy. Hopes aren't bad. Hopes are not bad hubs. We're not going there. Yeah, you, like if you want something in a color, Hope yes. is a, and not a whole lot of money. Hope is is a great. Yeah, I like the Hopes. They got yeah. exchangeable end caps. They're decent on service. They're, like yeah, they're if super you call, easy. If you call service. them up, like they answer the phone, that kind of thing. But. In the end, they're money not high. Wise, they're not high when they answer the phone either. Eh, maybe they are. I don't know. It doesn't um, matter. But hope is still you're going to spend the same amount of money, exactly, if not more, exactly, than getting. Because unfortunately, on the market, we have this benchmark, which is the stock ZTR wheel set, which like works pretty damn well. Six fifty. Uh, six hundred. Six hundred. Okay. Six hundred dollars. Um, twenty doll arms. <laughs> so we are talking so DT three fifties, too too heavy and not worth the money. Hopes, too heavy, not worth the money. Um DT two forties it's too expensive. Super expensive. They're light, but my god they're expensive. And then Kings, they're just they're Chris Kings. We don't we Chris don't King, they're not they're not light and that Chris expensive. King is the heaviest hub of the entire group, including the three fifties if I'm not mistaken. And, and they're, they're just, really finicky. We don't endorse their products at all. So if you're going to go out and do a really, really long, slogging, nasty trail day, like trying to do a full trail, and something goes wrong on your Chris King Super Ring Whisper Drive, like you're going to have a bad time. Um, whereas if it were me doing this and I were in your position, uh, so we'll get to the questions now that we've eliminated 350s, Hopes, and Kings. You're down to I-9s and 240s. And 240s are going to be out of the budget. So NZTRs. So I would no, say well out of his list of what he's talking about. Okay, oh. I would say personally on a budget. If I was on a budget, I would get the stock ZTR build. If I wanted to spend a little bit more money, I'd get the i nines. And if I wanted to spend a ton of money, I'd get. I guess I'd get DT two two forties. But well, his three questions are: Which bike should I build wheels for? What kind and how many spokes should I use? And should I get stands or something else? Y'all were talking about China carbon rims recently. Uh, First and foremost, which bike should you build wheels for? Um, you didn't give us a dollar budget, so it's hard to say, but if you have a $1,200 budget, I would put Crest on the hardtail, ZTR Crest full wheel set on the hardtail, and ZTR Arch full wheel set on the rowdy bike. I'd actually disagree with that. So this is what we do. We disagree with each but, other. Hold on. L- let me give all of my answers, and then you all tell me where I'm wrong. Okay. What kind of spokes and how many? Um 32 spokes on aluminum wheels. That's what you need to do for alloy wheels. You got to run 32 spokes. I agree 100% uh, what spokes with you that. Get? DT Swiss Supercomps. And I agree with that. For the money, there's not a better spoke than a DT Supercomp. Uh, Man, I get, but those bladed ones were so nice. I no, get, no, no. DT Aerolites and Sapem CX yeah. Rays are awesome, but they're more than double the price. They are. They're really expensive. No, I love them. They build up so nice. They're great. And then the last question is should I get Stan's rims or should I get something else? Uh, I would either get Stan's rims or I would only buy Stan's alloy rims. I wouldn't buy any alloy rim except for Stan's. How much does that, a Valor wheel set cost? And, uh, they're 2000 Okay. And I-9's cheaper than that. Yes. Yeah. So you can buy like, Skyline or I-9's for less than that, which is like Knox Composite. I mean, it's no, not even a debate. And China Carbon, I don't really, I know Kenny's built some and he's had no problem with them. But the problem with China Carbon is by the time you buy wheels, or rims, spokes, nipples, hubs, you can damn near buy a set of Knox composite wheels. Right? You can build on Hopes. Let's just use Hope as a benchmark because they're cheaper. Okay. Uh, you can do Hopes. You can do round spokes, super comps in this case, and China Carbon wheels, including shipping, and assuming that you're paying a reputable shop to build them at about $100 worth of labor, you're going to be looking at about 1100 So 
pretty cheap though. Like you can do those things pretty cheap compared to Noxes. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't get Noxes, but Noxes are going to be about seventeen, eighteen hundred with i nines. Granted, they're nicer hubs, and they're going to be way better spokes, and they're going to be lighter, and they're going to have a warranty. So, like, there's a lot yeah, of if, better things here. If you ride technical stuff, like I know parts of the well, Colorado we, Trail. So let's go back to the order here. So it's about six hundred bucks for a ZTR set. But he's saying which bike should he build wheels for? I'm oh. saying he should spend it if he had twelve hundred dollars to spend. He should get ZTR crest for the hardtail and then arches for his Yeti that he gets rowdy on. That's what that was my and then he doesn't have to do yeah. anything. So buy two buy two wheel sets. Wheel, just wheel sets. So I'm gonna chime in and give you my advice. Because he's riding remember, he's riding those MT sixty six shitty Ashamano wheels and Mavic cross rides. Like Yeah, everything's gonna be better than what he's got now. Yeah, yeah. So my advice is this, and my personal experience on a hardtail is that hardtails, surprisingly enough, take even more abuse on rear wheels than most full suspension bikes do because the suspension actually really does kind of shield a little bit of the hard hits you get on a rear wheel. So my advice personally would be do an arch rear crest front on both bikes. Well, the reason I say that is he uses the, he said he uses the salsa for camping and longer, less technical rides, like just putting in miles and then he rides his Yeti when he's going to get rowdy. Yeah. So well, I, I think, say, yeah, the crest, a crest wheel set at 150 pounds for, like, longer, less rowdy rides. I think that, that would be yeah. good. I don't know. I just, especially if you're going to be, like, packing more stuff on the bike, because he sounds like he might be bike packing to some degree, right? Yeah, but I can honestly say that my crest rear I-9 is, that you built is much more comfortable than my Hope arch rear. Don't get me wrong, from a comfort standpoint, a crest is going to be more comfortable than an arch because it's flexier. But I'll say, even me weighing 145 pounds on a hardtail, um, I dented a crest in like the first week I owned it. And I know some of that is going to be luck and blah, blah, blah. You know, given different circumstances, I may not have dented it for six months or a year or ever. I don't know. But I had I have more issues with crest rear wheels and see customers who come in who have more issues with crest rear wheels than I, just, I ever do with crest I just front wheels or arch dent, rears. I just dent wheels. You just dent crests. And, yeah, you dent anything, yeah. So <laughs> that's I why that, I my recommendation now that Kenny and Matt have given their recommendation, I say get Industry Nine Pillar Ultralights, <laughs> two sets, one for each bike, Fuck you, <laughs> and <budget>. just roll. <laughs> the guy just spent like five grand God. on two wheel sets. It is, yeah, it's been five G's. <laughs> awesome, and now he's divorced. Too. That's a bummer. I would, you know, that's what I have, and they've. Literally been out of all of my wheels. They are my favorite. I mean, I like the Trail 24s. Don't get me wrong. But, man, these, the, the pillar ultralights are, like, because they are ultralight, they aren't ultra uncomfortable like some manufacturers' carbon wheels. So, on a hardtail, they still ride really, really nice. So, that's, that's my recommendation. <laughs> But yeah, if you're if you're gonna ride on if, if you have a bike where you're riding some technical stuff, um, industry nine hubs really are their the engagement is is freaking awesome. So do whatever you want. Yep. Take parts of our advice that you like. I have I have zero bad things to say about industry nine hubs. Are we gonna are we gonna keep does he have have we answered all of his questions? We answered all of his questions. I think that, of course, my idea is the best. <laughs> You're not going to be upset with any combination of crest or arch. 
Right. Like they're all very good. Make up your own mind on it. We've given you advice. We can't tell you what's the best thing in the world, but both of them are going to be just fine. And if you played your cards right, you might be able to go in and get two ZTR wheel sets for like 1200 bucks. If you walk into a shop and they won't give you a little bit of break on walking in and buying two full ZTR wheel sets, they're insane. Right. I mean, because for them, it's the easiest thing. They push, Boom. buy, buy, it shows up, they call you, you walk back in, you swipe your credit card. I mean, yeah. I understand you want to build wheels. What part of the country is he in? He's in Denver. Okay, well, you, you know what? Go, a month, get, yeah, like a month, wheels, a month um, from now, come up to 9250 and we will work something out on two sets of wheels. And you'll even if it's not really a deal, deal... Blackhawks tax is 3% versus like 9% in Denver. So you'll yeah. save a bunch of money. You'll get to meet Andrea in person. And if you get rowdy, she'll pepper spray your ass. So <laughs> No, I'd, I'd probably choke him and break his arm. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> with that said. I don't need pepper spray. <laughs> Unless you're really big. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We are moving right along into another wheel questions. So, oh boy. James Banta. Howdy, JRA crew. I started listening to your show in January, and it's ruined my life. I'm addicted oh. and am tearing through old... We have succeeded. Hold on. I'm tearing through old episodes Did quicker... Did you put that beer on ice? No, that's whiskey. That's his whiskey. Oh, okay, no, okay. Stop. Listen. Sorry. I'm tearing through episodes quicker than a five-piece nugget. Our episodes are like an hour long. How long does it take you to eat five chicken nuggets? I know two-year-olds who eat nuggets faster than that. Jesus. I was going to ask you guys a question about short chainstay 29er hardtails, but decided to ask a wheel question instead. Instead. And the sidebar is... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Who would type that? Uh, this guy. Uh, James Banta. Uh, I was going to uh, ask you a question about uh, that. <laughs> James Banta says, sidebar, did I miss the episode where y'all went to Mega Cavern? No, we never made it up there. We didn't go. We had some... We pretty much, we had scheduled a time to go, and then I had a death in the family, so we couldn't go, and then... They got really busy, and now they're open to the public, and... Yeah, no one gets. And like, if now. I went, it wouldn't really be very exciting because like I can't jump very well, so I'd like do like a wheelie or two, and like that's that's about it. Well, they have like a XE course and a pump track and all kinds of shit. I'm sure Matt could do like cool shit out there, but. And what's really funny is we would get there, and you guys would be like, "Jump it!" And I'd be like, "I can jump the little stuff," and you'd be like, "No, jump the big stuff." And I'd be like, "No, see, I got a checking and a savings, and I got to <laughs> stay, stay in your lane." Um, does the wheel diameter play a role when choosing spoke count? This is his real question. Number one, does a wheel diameter play a role in choosing spoke count? Yes. No. I, was, <laughs> I was going to say more so than anything, rim material before spoke count. I agree. Yes. So if you were asking me, should I build... And also rider sides. Should I build a 28-hole crest wheel set on 650Bs? I'd be like, no. Never. Because they're 28 holes. So crest. I'll give you, I'll give people a little blanket piece of advice because I've built some of these for people. A crest wheel set of any size, do not build them 28 hole. Or really, and, and really, like, okay, so I don't know. Who, it's tempting. Who's been, it is I don't very know if, if you guys have listened for very long, but so out of the three of us, like Matt and I, when we want a wheel built, we take it to Kenny because he's just done it so much. Like all three of us can build wheels. But Kenny is way faster and has done it way more. So 
take that, like, when you're taking wheel advice from this, you can always kind of like, take that into account, too. So he says, given my riding style described below, and let me read all of this, do you think I could ride 28-hole wheels carbon? Of course. You can ride 28-hole yes. carbon in anything. Or... Unless aluminum, you're like 500 pounds. Aluminum RGX 650Bs. I made Bill Carpenter. His riding style is, I live in Charlotte with a few Pisca trips each year. I will call my riding style aggressive, XC, or light all-mountain. I weigh 145 geared up. I will hit four-foot drops and most Ooh. any trailside jump. I'm not enduro enough to do rad whips. For wheels, I've always ridden 32-hole 26 and 27.5, never broken a spoke or had to get a wheel trued. I broke a front once, but it was purely due to my own stupidity. My current bike, it's enduro, brah. He actually typed that. Bronson C, Arch EX wheels, 32 hole. Hope Evo 2 with Supreme Race 2 1.82 spokes. Ardent 2.4s, a 1x10 with 42 full tooth conversion. A pike with a Cane Creek double barrel inline. For what it's worth, the Fox pales in comparison to the double barrel. The high-speed compression adjustment is magnificent. Um, Before we get into the question, I would say switch your rear wheel, your rear tire, to yep. something a little more with knobs that are a little more square than the Ardent because something with more squarish knobs rides. The Ardent is not that. It's, an, it's the perfect front tire for everything except maybe like road riding. But as a back tire, there are better back tires. Yep. The best thing he could do is either go full carbon, which we've been talking about a bunch, and Knox Composites is right over there by him. He could get some Knox, what is the, you know, the breakdown on the new wheels. I don't remember the biggest one. He so can talk to Casey Anthony Armstrong. The uh, the Skyline is the weight weenie one. The Tiakali is the middle one. It's also a little wider. And then they have a fatter one. And off the, the top Tiakali. of the Tiakali is the middle one. They have a bigger one than the Tiakali. And off the top of my head, the Farlow, I think. That's it, it the Farlow Gap, because that is a gnarly trail. Farlow, it's the yeah. Farlow wheel. Yeah. So if you want to get really technical, um, the like Andrea said, you should get rid of the Ardent 2.4 in the rear. That'll save a bunch of weight. I mean, there are some there's some like Enduro All-Mountain style tires out there that have more of like a square profile to the knobs. Go with something like that, because the Ardent is just a little squirmy in the back. Or even just like an Ardent Race 225. Yeah, that works. Or 2.2. 2.2, whatever. Yeah. I like the Ardent Race as a rear tire. But I was going to say, whatever he does, he should get away from that Hope rear hub because it's heavy. It's not horrible, really, on the weight. Um, if it's the... But if he's worried about... If he's got, if he's got the, at least the 40-tooth engagement, I think that's a much more decent hub. The old 24s, I just... I never really liked those old 24-point engagement ones. They just... Eh, they were okay. But just not a huge fan of them. And like my input real quick on the spoke count thing is if you have an aluminum wheel for a mountain bike that's middle of the road, as far as like weight and width and all that stuff goes, like let's say an arch, there is absolutely no reason to go less than 32 spokes. Like I would love, I'm a, I love to mess with the shit and like push the limits on like building stuff, but I've just, I've tried it. I've built a few of them. There are no advantages. You will drop literally. It doesn't really matter what spoke you go with so much. But if you go from a 32-hole wheel to a 28-hole wheel, you save 20 grams, like 2-0. That is like a really, really tiny amount. Don't get me wrong. If you're chasing those last few grams in some some weight weenie carbon wheel set, like go for it. But on an aluminum wheel, it just doesn't net you anything good. The problem is, too, if you do get unlucky and you break a spoke on a 28-hole aluminum wheel... 
that thing is going to go so much further out of true than a 32 hole will. I, I just don't, I don't see the advantage. And the thing is, if you really want to go with a 28 hole arch, you're better off going with a 32 hole crest. It's actually going to be lighter than a 28 hole arch and it's got more spokes. Like I just don't, I don't see the advantage. So my, my input is aluminum wheels, stick with 32, just do it. Yep. Um, I mean, I think that's, it seems like all of our questions are seemingly running together this week. That's, that's just. No, I mean, that's cool. No, in a good way though. Like we're, I guess what I'm saying is if he's trying to drop weight, that's why I would say ditch the Hope Hub. Like you'd be better off losing the Hope Hub. Yes. It, two years from now, if you have a 28 hole Hope, you're going to hate it. No, no, no. A hundred percent. I agree with Matt 100% on that. If you're really trying to drop weight and you want to stay alloy, don't go to a 28 hole with a Hope rear. Why don't you just do 32 hole with an I9 rear or any other, you know, a DT240 rear or something like that? And bladed spokes. Yeah. Like some lightweight. You're spokes. much better off, exactly. Really good point. You're really good. You're better off going to CX rays or DT aero lights. You're going to save all that weight back that you will. Actually, you save even more weight. I want to say, I don't remember off the top of my head, 32 hole wheel going from uh, DT competitions, which are 20 to 18s which is the same thing as those like uh, Sapums that he's got, I believe. Going from those to Aerolites per wheel, you save about 50 grams. So that's a pretty big Aero- savings. Aerolites are nice. Compar- so comparing the weight savings you get from going to 32 to 28, which is only 20 grams, versus going from regular normal round DT or Sapum 2018 spokes to bladed Sapum CX rays or DT Aerolites, that's 50 grams. Or somewhere in that ballpark. I might be a little awful on that. But anyway, it's way more upgrading your whole spokes as a package versus dropping the number of spokes. So I would go that route like any any day of the week. So but now carbon carbon all bets are off. The carbon rim hoop as a unit is so much stronger and stiffer. And it wants to move as a whole unit, whereas aluminum will actually it will deform in a very, very small spot. So that's why it's actually a very bad thing to run a low spoke count on an aluminum wheel. On a carbon wheel, it really, it's kind of an all or nothing situation. Like it's either going to break or it's not. Otherwise, the whole thing kind of flexes as like a whole unit as opposed to, um, like, segmenting. Like, you yeah, can, you can't get it out of true in one spot. It, yeah, like, it's, it's very difficult to even deform a carbon wheel in one tiny little spot. The whole thing wants to move. So, with that said, that's why you can get away with running a lower spoke count on a carbon wheel than you can with an aluminum wheel. That's why you see things like, if you look at a, look at road stuff that's been around for a while and you go look at a zip. Zip runs 16 spokes on their front because they can. Well, unlike those uh, Shimano, the Durace. The uh, Durace wheels are carbon. They're phenomenal wheels and they run 16, I believe, on the front as well. I don't, don't know they? what my... I think it's 16 rear The ones 20. that are... Well, they're not full carbon. They're like an alloy and carbon wrap. Yeah, I think it's 16 but front 20 rear, just like the zips are. Yeah, and they're, they've been... I've beat the hell out of... Those okay. things are a bomber. I not only have those. the have those gone through like at least two southern crosses where there are descents that are it's gravel roads, but they're terrible gravel roads. Like water barred to hell and back. Like down descents at, at least two, maybe I don't remember if I've had them for three southern crosses, but that Got hit by a car. You got hit by a car, and they really weren't even that bad after that. I mean, they weren't perfect. There sure. and yeah, like now they have a spot that won't. The rear one has a spot that won't really true, 
But it's not getting any worse, and it's not bad enough that, like, it rubs the brake or anything. Yep. And that's on a bike with with uh, the Surly. No, the Surly doesn't have V-brakes on it yet. It's just got cantilever brakes. But Yeah, they, they sit on the Surly now. Like, they're on the, the single-speed cross bike. So, yeah, that's, I mean, they're amazingly durable wheels for yep. low-spoke count. Low-spoke count carbon, okay. Low-spoke count aluminum, not okay. You're going to have a bad time. You're going to have a bad time, okay? okay. pizza when you should french fry. <laughs> oh, God. No, um, I think it's if you french fry when you're supposed to pizza, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> oh, I love that episode. Uh, let's see. We're kind of like knocking shit out right now. Uh, you know, yeah, we we're 45 through, minutes in. We can go through these two pretty quickly. That's 45 then, minutes with Ben editing out that earlier part. Just, just drop it. <laughs> I, just, I already had to like email him about that. It's like, ugh. Uh, okay. Kenny, really looking forward to the Wolf Tooth 40 review. However, I am thinking of adding it to a 2x10 2638 chain ring specifically for Trans Out this summer. Keep up the great and hilarious content. Of note, several episodes back, you addressed a question on chain lube. By far, my favorite lube for any condition is the Silka. NFS Pro Chain Lube. Try it. Pete from Canmore, Alberta. I don't think they sell that in the U.S. Uh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> I've just never heard of it. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of lube out there that I haven't like used Still before. Still like the pump? Uh, I guess yeah, so. I link oh, there we go. Here. I, I found it right here. Um, That's crazy. It is handmade artesian chain lube. Fuck that shit. <laughs> it's only $16, though, but I bet that's like a one-ounce no. container. No, uh, you know what? It's a two ounce container for. Uh, oh my yeah, god! <laughs> hold on, no, hold on. It's, uh, it's hold on. No, this is hold on, this hold on, is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hey, hold hold on, on, on no, 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 no. You need to read this. Hold on. We call this unique lube requires a very unique lubrication protocol. We call twelve, twelve, twelve. Everybody tells us this method sounds and seems crazy, but trust us, it works. This sounds like that belly wrap ad. Okay, <laughs> beginning with a clean, dry chain, put the chain... Have in you the, heard about that crazy rat thing? Put the chain <laughs> in the 12-tooth cog and the big ring. But what if I only have a one-by? Anyways, uh, begin with a clean... Put it in the 12. Apply 12 drops at random around the chain. Then cycle the chain... Or cycle the drivetrain backwards for 12 revolutions. Use a clean, dry rag on the lower side of the chain and cycle backwards another time or two to remove excess. Wait, wait, wait. What's the third 12 for then? No, no, no. Oh, the 12 tooth cog, 12 the 12 tooth drops, cog, and 12, 12 drops, revolutions. 12 backwards revolutions. I call <laughs> bullshit. All right, so there's this stuff. Like, people who are into, like, detailing cars, they're supposedly, like, some kind of super wax that's, like, a bajillion dollars, and you have to apply it at, like, body temperature, so people put it on their hands... And, like, you hand-polish the car with, like, this clay stuff in between your hand. I just imagine this, that what you're supposed to do with the Silka stuff, is you're supposed to, like, pour a bunch of it, like, in your hand and, like, cup it, and then, like, warm it up with your balls. (laughs) (laughs) And then you take that same hand that you just warmed up with your balls, and then you run the chain through your hand. What if... if, Hold on. What if you're a lady? Do you you warm it up with, like... You, You do a falcon cup. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you never heard of that? I don't. I have to 
Urban Dictionary that right now before we can go any further. Oh, God. I know there's a reason why we keep Kenny around, and it's for stuff like that. I'm crying a little bit. Uh, 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 you know, I'm probably going to Am I going to have to add Urban Dictionary to that? I have the Urban Dictionary app on my phone. <laughs> I don't know what that says. <laughs> Why don't you guys keep talking about Falcon Cups, and I'll look it up on her. Oh, this person in front of me in line at Kroger just said, junk in the trunk. What does that mean? Uh, uh, I'm having a real rough time right now. I need to find out what this means, because it hurts. I need to know. We should probably continue the show. No, I said we can't go That's not a Falcon Cup is not a word on Urban Dictionary. Because it's something There's that... Falcon Dive, Falcon Dream, Falcon Drive-By. Falcone. Think Falcon Punch, but but Falcon Cup. Oh man, you know <laughs> Falcon oh. Fist. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Napalm. I, I am adding. It says Falcon Cup isn't defined. Can you define it? Yeah, you can. So I'm about to add Falcon Boom. Cup to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> so yep. A lady takes silica lube. And she falcon cups it yep. in order to warm it up. Boom. Okay. Use your imagination. So anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll try the silica stuff. I haven't tried it before. If we're going to try it, really? Sure. Are you Are you going to buy it? I will not buy that. I will do my method. You can do your method. And Wait, what's my method? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it a try. Oh, <laughs> uh, Pete. Thank you for the recommendation on lube, and that was great comedic value, but I cannot imagine spending $8. I don't spend $8 an ounce on meat. I'm not going to spend $8 an ounce on chain lube. I'm not. I'll I'll lube my chain with, like, old bacon grease before I use 12, 12, 12. So everything, really everything is in relation to meat now? Um, you know... We should do this. Like, I wonder if it works out as far as, like, what amount of money is good to spend to take a certain amount of weight off a bike. And we can like relate that back to like filet mignon somehow. I think the better thing, or to just do, like grass fed beef, or no, something. no, uh, natties, natties and nuggets. <laughs> don't don't take the beef wrapper out of the trash. Uh, hey guys, so for seventeen dollars an ounce, you can get no seventeen dollars for two ounces. Or no, that was by by the. Pound. Sorry. Seventeen dollars for two ounces. Seventeen dollars a no, pound. No, chain lube is sixteen dollars. Oh, okay. Ounces. I thought you were talking about meat. I'm like, what in the hell are you guys eating? No, like, the meat. The, the meat is seventeen dollars a pound for oh. for non antibiotic okay. but corn fed steak. Oh my god. Yeah, I know, right? Another email. Hey guys, <laughs> just found your show about a month ago. Where have you been? Have you been under a rock? You don't say where you're from. Maybe he's from West Virginia. Maybe he just got electricity. I just thought you could probably wrap a steak around a chain. <laughs> I have listened and to it. And it would be cheaper than using the silka. Yeah, and then you can grill it up and eat it later. That's the amazing. chain or the, the... The steak. I mean, you could probably eat the chain if you really tried. Yeah, you could probably heat the chain up and get like a really cool grill Sear mark pattern. on the steak. That's awesome. That's amazing. All right, uh, I found your show about a month ago. I have listened to about three episodes so far. I'm emailing you to ask your opinion on tires. They're good. You should use them. You should use tires. I agree. Uh, I ride a rigid 
Visago Jabberwocky with Velocity Blunt Hoops on Surly Hubs. Here at the Jersey Shore, I mainly ride trails that are generally sandy single track with sections of roots and rocks. I'm 5'7", 185. What tired would you guys recommend? Thanks a lot and great show, Tony C. Sent from my iPhone. I would run Art Ardent 2.4 EXO in the front, and I would run an Icon 2.35 in the rear. I agree. That's it. Did you just broke the show? <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Tony doesn't give us a lot of info about whether or not he has. Uh, it, it is rigid. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, um, it's rigid. Yeah. I don't know if blunts can blunts go tubeless pretty well. Uh, so I think the older, older, older ones don't do it as well. But if they're relatively new, they should be tubeless compatible. Yes, they're really soft rims. Um, but hey, if you like them, rock them. Cool. All right, we have a two email question. Oh my gosh! But he because he forgot to finish his first question. I think. I don't know. This doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh. All right, we'll start with this one. Hey guys, love the show. I'm wondering what you think about light bike carbon rims. I want to build up a carbon wheel set, but I can't. See, giving up my left nut for Envy or Ibis rims. Then don't. Neither can I. Then don't. I don't know why everyone... Hold on. Just Look, guys. People used to ride fucking wooden rims. You hear me? They still do if you're at the Handmade Bike Show. No. Just stay the course for a moment. Let me get my little mini rant out because I'm trying to not get too worked up. But I'm rubbing my eyebrow, which is bad. They pro- I'll bet you at Knobs this year we'll see like bamboo rims with like duct tape tires on, and people will be like, "Man, that's badass! You need to have me one of them." I did see a prototype wheel that was a 24 inch fat bike wheel, and rather than welding the seam because they took a 26 inch rim, I saw that, yeah. And then they fucking riveted carbon in there. If you have time to mold carbon to fit the rim, <laughs> then you have time to weld the rim. But moving forward, because we're gonna say the course on my rant here. You don't have to have carbon wheels. You don't have to have carbon wheels. You also really, really don't have to have Envy wheels if you have carbon wheels. You can buy something that is $1,000 or more than $1,000 cheaper that is going to be as good or better. Stan's Valor, two grand. Yes. That is, I mean, if you want name brand shit, Stan's Valor, $2,000. If you want U.S. imported and U.S. backed Chinese carbon wheels that have some R&D and some testing and at least a dude in America you can call and talk to, get Knox wheels. They're pretty open about it. Their wheels are wheels that are sourced. but Full retail from them right now, it's 1800 Yeah, I mean, and, and that's pick your own hub, right? Yep, and that is lifetime crash replacement. I know we sound like an advertisement. I'm just being real here. Lifetime crash replacement, and I think they have a two-year... Warranty? If not, they can get mad at me or whatever. But I think it's two years. But anyway, it's, it's a real person. Go on. I'm specifically looking at the 650B 31mm internal model. I gave a link below. I don't know. There's, there is a link way down there. They're light bike. There's, I, I know what they are. Um, I live in Washington State and ride everything around from fire roads to road gaps. Uh, you don't need Valors if you're doing road trips, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, you do. I want to see it on uh, video. That's going to be awesome. You can do it on race goals. You'll be fine. My main concern <laughs> about the carbon rims are 
Are they worth the money? And if they are as durable as aluminum? Well, if you're getting China Carbon, unfortunately, we have no idea what the fuck it is. So we can't tell you if it's as durable as an aluminum will or not because you get whatever China sent you that day. That's the, that's the unfortunate part of China Carbon. Whether you like it or not, Matt is right. A yeah. lot, a lot of them. Wow, you just said that like you really didn't like the fact that I was right. Like, I you don't agree with me twice in one episode. I don't like. I got a little like nauseous for a second, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I held back. No, I mean you don't know what you're getting. Yeah, you don't know if you're getting like the envy you all might, mountain. You mold. might be getting like the super ace, or like person. an an enduro carbon rim, or you might be getting like. The one that they're like, how light can we make this before it crumples? Their stuff changes a lot. They have a lot of running changes. Some of the stuff they talk about, and they do actually say it's a new model and et cetera, et cetera. But you don't know exactly what you get, and you have to deal with a China Direct person if you have an issue. And the thing is, the way I look at it is this. If you are already spending over $1,000 for a wheel set, which you will spend pretty much no matter what spokes and no matter what hub you go with, with any light bike rim, it is going to be Boom. over, it's going to be over $1,000. The way I look at it is I would rather have something because the way I look at a carbon wheel set is that should last you like bare minimum five years of riding the shit out of it. And if that's the case, and I'm going to put 10,000 plus miles on these wheels, I want them to be dead reliable and if you get it from one of these major companies, even Envy, they're really expensive, uh, but it, whether you get it from Envy or Ibis or Niner or whoever makes carbon wheels these days, they will more than likely stand behind their product and help you out, whereas the China people are going to be like, yeah, maybe they'll help you out, maybe they won't. You really don't know what you're going to get. So. Yeah, some people are like, yeah, they replaced mine when they broke, and other people are like, yep. I can't, I can't even. So if yep. you really want to... So I've got a little just like personal story about what happened to somebody and again I know we talk about Knox a lot but they're a local company in the US and they've they've treated us fairly well um, I had a customer who had a rim strike on their rim and it was their fault they were running really low tire pressure the guy clocked a curb and Never. if it was an aluminum wheel it would have been 100% no doubt ruined it was, it was a flow it doesn't matter what it is he would have trashed the thing but he cracked the rim and when I say cracked it it was just enough where it lost air. It did not delaminate. It didn't like come apart as a wheel. It still rolled. It was true, but he split. He, like, compacted the yeah. He, the sp- he split rim. it just enough where like it probably could have put more stands in honestly, and it probably would have sealed it. But it was like a little sketchy. Called up Knox, told him, was honest with him what happened, and Knox stepped up and they gave him a new rim. Like they probably didn't have to, but they did. Like it was yeah. not a manufacturing defect at all. It was somebody clocked something on their bike, and they and they replaced it. And like, hey, you know, the guy spent eighteen hundred bucks on wheels. He made a mistake, and like, they actually stood behind their product. Like, that's that's pretty cool. So, if you want to support the man, and you don't want to support the man too hard, but you want to get a good product at a good price, uh, Specialized has a wheel under their all mountain wheels called the Roval Traverse SL Fatty Six Fifty B. You get 30-millimeter internal, DT-Swiss 350 internals with 54-tooth quick engagement ratchet system, so it's already got the really fast star ratchet in it. 30-millimeter internal. I said it twice so you wouldn't not hear it. 30-millimeter internal, which is what you're looking for, uh, and they're 1,530 grams, 1,500 bucks. Yeah, like that's, that's, hey, 
I mean, those things probably that are. That is, I mean, that's a China carbon they rim. They probably are a China carbon rim. But that's one that Specialized has said, this is our China carbon rim, and yes. we stand behind it. Same so. with same with Ibis. Ibis, their rims are China carbon rims. And I mean, the, uh, the Niner, the Niner branded ones, that is, if you look at it, and you know what you're looking at, it is a China carbon rim. Uh, I-9 gets their wheels made by... Uh, Carver. Carver has China carbon rims. I-9s are Reynolds, which yeah, are... Yes. But they're well, <laughs> they're, they're made in, though. Yeah, they're probably yeah, they're a little bit more backed for sure than the other ones. But, but the what fact we're getting is, at is, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm, no, it, all of this stuff except for Envy is made in China. But the difference is, where is your customer support person? That is the real answer, and that's for me on all bikes. Like I would love to have a Canyon road bike because it would be sweet and sexy, and no one fucking has one, and it'd be really cool. But if I ever had an issue, I'd have to deal with UK, and it would just be a nightmare. And that's the same thing you run into with China Carbon. Like, you might have the ability to save money, you think, but your long-term hassle is going to be big, potentially. So one of these things that people people have this little thing in their brain where, like, they think they have to they have to think they're getting a deal, and like you have to just wean yourself off of that for a second because. You need to just ignore it because people, again, because you think you're getting a deal doesn't mean you're really getting a deal. There's risk involved. It's the same reason you don't buy, if you can avoid it, don't buy used bicycle shit on eBay because you have it's a grab bag. You have no idea what you're going to get. You might get the most legit dude in the world selling the most mint stuff in the world and you're going to be great and you do get that good deal one of the times. But then this other time, you still you spend a thousand dollars on whatever the hell you buy on eBay, and you get something that is not as advertised or clapped out or whatever the hell, and you just lost pretty much all your money. So like, I just why would you take that risk? Like, I just don't understand why you would do that. Yeah, I mean that's what we've always said. Like the the China carbon wheels, it's like. You might get something that never gives you a problem. You might, and I see people that really haven't had any. And problems. you might get something that, if you have a problem, it's not that big of a deal, and you get it replaced or fixed somehow. Yeah. But there's always the chance that you're going to get something, and you're just shit out of luck if it screws up. And that's not the case. But if you've got only... like the wheels, like that Matt's talking about, if you buy them from a specialized dealer, you have that backing. Yeah, and, and Specialized has a, a rim replacement. It's a hundred or one hundred and seventy-five or two seventy-five. It's cheap. It's like really silly how cheap it is, and they're listed as all mountain wheels and they're light. Um, and I don't know if these two questions go together because it seems like they might. And by the way, most of these local companies, uh, and I say local, most of them have a crash replacement, like I think Matt is talking about. So. On a Knox, for example, if you do something stupid and, like, you set your wheel on the back of your car or, like, leaned up against the back of your car and then you pull out of the trailhead and you run over your wheel and you just completely destroy it, they will give you crash replacement on it. And, yeah, you still have to pay money, but it's not a ton. So, I mean, that's a pretty good perk. China's not going to do that for you. Not at all. Not at all. Like, you could take a Knox wheel and, and let it get ran over by a train and, like, Send them the rim back, and they'll crash replace it. For yeah, you. I mean they're not going to warranty it. They're not going to give you a free one. But if you say straight out, like, "Hey, I crashed the bejesus out of this wheel. I ran it into my garage, and I'm in a body cast, and like I want to get a crash replacement," they'll send you one. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm in a body cast. Which yeah. is pretty much, if you break a carbon wheel, like, there's... Uh, that might be the least of your worries. There's a high probability. If you break a carbon wheel in a, in a crash, you probably might be in a body cast, yes. Or you just need You to- might have pizzaed when you should have french fried. <laughs> No, you probably French fried when you said yeah. pizza. French fried pizza. Pizza slows down. Pizza when you should have. Yeah. Well, maybe you pizza and then French fried and hit the jump and you were going too slow so you came up really yeah. short. If you pizza on the, <laughs> on the top of a jump, you're going to have a major problem. Okay. Never pizza on the top of a jump. Ben, will you please post a link to the episode of South Park when when they're skiing and they talk about when you pizza when you should have French fried and you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> uh, you know... That can be the title of this I'm, episode is you're going to have a bad time. South Park pays us $1,000 every time we make a South Park reference. I love South Park. Oh, yeah. Screw you guys. I'm going home. $1,000 in the bank. Boom! I had a... You know, I had a roommate I, once, and she was she was very um, she was very nice and very church going. Um, and one night I watched it was when South Park was on like Wednesday nights at eight or nine or something. Nine. And I got her to watch an episode of it, and then like the next week she's like, "What's this?" Yeah, and it wasn't new at that time. I mean, even though that was a while back, it wasn't new at all. And I was like, oh, this is South Park, and it's funny. And I could tell she wanted to laugh at a lot of it, but she wouldn't. And then, uh, like, the next Wednesday or, like, two Wednesdays later, she skipped church to watch South Park. And then got pregnant. (laughs) I don't know about that part, but she did. Like, she skipped church to watch South Park. (laughs) That's like my lifelong achievement right there. We're out of questions. Is that all our questions? Yes. Man, we ran through those and we're at an hour and six minutes. Boom, shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing, there's no new stuff we hate. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. There was something that I want. Oh, where did it go? I went to that Silka Lube page and I lost it. I think it you on... want more Silka Lube. <laughs> okay, on, also on uh, the... The handmade bike show coverage. Falcon, Falcon heated <laughs> silk <Falcon> alarm. <laughs> um, Abbey bike tools. They make a titanium hammer. I really do want that for it's no It's plastic good on one side and it's got like a plastic cover. So you have like your soft Five. side. Five. That's how crabby I am. You're talking about a titanium hammer. I could be wrong, but I think the head of that thing is solid tie, which like makes it me. Is. Like, it, it is. It makes me a little excited. Do you know how much that, I, I just want to take like someone's tie hammer and then just beat it on concrete so it makes a bunch of sparks. Cause you know, tile shoots sparks like crazy. Oh yeah. That's it's $180. Tie is also pretty soft. So it really doesn't make the best hammer, but it does. He have, still has some left. So of course you don't hit the actual tie okay, part so of the hammer. To our listener who's going to come up to Blackhawk and buy wheels from me as a tip. Um, you could bring me one of these titanium Maybe hammers. Maybe as a tip, when he comes to pick up his wheels, he'll bring you with a titanium hammer. <laughs> are you sorry? Are you like those girls on Craigslist that like accept gifts? I accept <laughs> gifts. <laughs> Taking gifts. Uh, yeah, if anyone ever wants to give me a tip of the Abbey Bike Tools titanium hammer, I would. I would use it every day. I would find be... something to hammer on every day. Just to use this. If I'm ever super rich, I'm going to be crazy eccentric. And I'm going to have, like, the people that re-roof my house. And I'm going to require them to all use the Abbey Titanium <laughs> hammers. 
Oh, Matt is like a five point to the second power crabby right now, I can tell. I'm, I just can't even. Like, I don't know, like, why. I really want to know. And this is the problem with us as people. Like Kenny was saying, we just need to slow down and stop wanting so much stuff. Like, at the end of the day, everyone, alloy wheels are really, 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 really nice. Like, they stay true for a long time. What? Titanium wheels. No, Ty, they've tried alloy, all that stuff. Alloy wheels are really nice. Alloy wheels with alloy nipples with good metal spokes, whether they're round or butted, with good old alloy hubs. You don't need carbon inserts in your hubs. You don't need carbon rims. You you don't need anything crazy. Um, you you just, just stuff. I mean, I was talking with Ben about this this week, and it's like, I'm now becoming more and more intrigued with the idea of having a fat bike for the simple idea of riding a fat bike anywhere I want to ride, any day I want to ride, anywhere I want to ride. Like, just go ride. You can ride your fat bike wherever you want to. And if it's really bumpy, guess what? You have enough traction to deal with the bumps. If it's really snowy, you have enough tire to deal with the snow. If it's really soft, you have some float. If it's muddy, ride on the road. And tires work on the road. Like, I, I just... I wish people would just slow down a little bit. And like, if you look in your garage and you have 42 bikes and you hate all of them, like you hate all of them. We had one question we didn't cover and I'm sorry, but dude, your Bronson weighs 31 pounds for a reason. There is no easy ticket to make your Bronson 26 pounds. If you wanted a 26 pound Bronson, you should have bought a much nicer Bronson. And that's the bottom line. By the time you have your Bronson light, it's going to cost a shit ton of money. Like the, and generally, if you want, say, a 25, 26-pound Bronson, and you're talking about retail prices, of course, it's probably going to cost you $8,000. What I was going to say is my Jet 9, which is a 120-millimeter bike, so shorter travel bike, but bigger wheel bike. I have carbon wheels, carbon frames, Sid fork, dropper post, XCR 1x10 with XT crank and brakes. I mean, I understand there's some places I could still lose weight on that bike. That's probably a, what, $7,000 bike? That, I think it's closer to eight. So there you go. I have an $8,000 bike. It's 26 pounds. Boom. And if you want your bike to weigh 26 pounds and have a bunch of suspension and not be noodly and have reliable wheels and have reliable tires and have a dropper and drop, post. Yeah, a dropper post. Because you know what? If a dropper post is a little bit heavy. But it's like... But I it's would, awesome. If my bike weighed 28 pounds with a dropper post... I would still ride the dropper post on my bike because it makes my bike ride that much better. I feel that much better on my bike with it dropping. Um, just, just your bike's going to be heavy and your alloy wheels are going to be heavier than carbon wheels. But you know what? You can go out and ride the shit out of that stuff. Just, just, I don't know, like buy your dog nicer food next month and then like buy yourself a nicer steak. And don't drink so much beer and just go ride and have a good time. Like, really, like... No, what's interesting is, and again, I don't mean to be, like, too tangent on this tangent, but if you have the means to buy carbon wheels, go for it. There really aren't any downsides. They're great. We like them. But they're freaking expensive. Like, there's no denying that. It's ridiculous. Um, generally, and this is just a random blanket benchmark statement that I'm going to put out there. If you want to have a really good time on pretty much any bike, and we're talking mountain mountain bike here, not road bike stuff, you want to have a really good time on a mountain bike and you want to buy something new, and we're talking retail prices here, and it's full suspension, 
it's going to cost three thousand dollars. Like it's just going to cost that. I was holding up four fingers. Okay, I mean, well there you go. Just four thousand. So there you go. I mean, but the difference, the true difference between a four thousand dollar bike and something double that, an eight thousand dollar bike, is actually very tiny. Yeah, that's not that much. Of it's a really difference. tiny difference. And don't get me wrong, the eight thousand dollar bike is going to be. It's nicer. a couple pounds. But really, like, is that that necessary? Probably not. I spent the longest time on probably about a 26-pound, 29 full suspension bike, and it was fantastic. The bike weighs 24 and a half now, and yeah, it's better. But, I mean, a lot more money got put into it. And in the end, I don't feel the bike is, like, that much better, necessarily. I right. did it to say that I did it, and I'm, I'm always curious about those kind of things. But, again, I think you, you do have to pay to play to get a reliable bike. And something that has proper suspension and proper brakes and all the other things. But, yeah. I mean, you don't need to have an $8,000 bike. But, you know, you're probably going to have a pretty shitty time on a $1,000 No one ever... On reg- a I mean, bike. unless you just really rack up a bunch of debt and, like, your your significant other divorces you because of it. Like, no one ever gets on their $8,000 bike and it's like, man, I wish my bike wasn't this nice. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like lights. That's another... That, I that use the true. same analogy for your lights, like, that you use to go out and ride mountain bike trails at night. No one ever has, like, 3,000 lumens <laughs> that they spent $1,200 on. But then they're like, they're riding and they're going fast and like ripping down the trail. And they're like, man, I wish I couldn't see so well. Yeah. Like I missed my little hundred lumen self-contained thing I bought at Lowe's. But <laughs> exactly. At the same time, like I used to have a 130 lumen light and I would go night ride and I thought it was the best thing ever. I really did. Like I thought it was awesome. No, you know right. why? Because I was riding my bicycle at night and it was like intriguing. Yeah. And then... I did the worst thing possible. I borrowed someone else's lights, and I was like, oh, my God, now I can't see. Yeah. So if you don't have $8,000 to spend on a bike, the worst thing you can do is go to a Trek demo day and ride <laughs> a $5,000 Trek Fuel or a $6,000 Trek Superfly because you're then going to get back on your 32-pound Bikes Direct bike and go, man, this sucks, when 20 minutes ago you loved your bike, and now you hate it. Well, guess what? If I got out of my focus – and I drove an Escalade, I'm going to think my focus is shit. Yeah. But I used to drive a Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> Where were we going with this? And now my focus is also... We're I'm not going anywhere with it. I'm saying be happy with what you have for once. It's just... A, it's a perspective thing. It's a perspective thing. I think... But again, just on the... From mm-hmm. what I... You know, we see so many bikes. And we ride so many different bikes. If, you know, you're in the 29er full suspension world and your bike weighs less than 30 pounds, you're probably going to be really happy. Like, you're going to be able to do anything you want on it. You're going to be able to race on it. It's going to be great. Like, if you're 29 full suspension and weighs over 30 pounds, yeah, you're getting to that kind of point, that tipping point where it's like, damn, this thing, like, kind of sucks. So that's the way I see it. Like, I try to be reasonable about things. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have a 22-pound bike. Like, everybody wants a 22-pound full suspension 29er, right? But, like, the perceived difference, like, that kind of... um you were using the term the other day, the economic term. What was it? Uh, Return on investment? No, it, it was like opportunity costs. Oh. But anyway, it doesn't quite apply here. But basically, the I mean, the difference, the uh, the margins there between like a 22-pound bike and a 25-pound bike, and then the difference between in perceived feel between a 28-pound bike and a 32-pound bike, like holy crap. The difference between the, thir- the 28 to 32-pound, I think, is way bigger than the difference between a 22 and a 25 pound bike. Like that's just 
the way I see it and all the bikes that I've ridden. So again, I think that there's that nice middle of the road sweet spot. There really is. And again, that's what I really try to sell customers on a day-to-day basis. I'm like, look, I'm going to be real with you. Like go buy that nice middle of the road bike. You're going to be really happy with it. And it's just like you're, you and I ride the same road bike. I bet your road bike is 17 pounds, 18 pounds. Yep. And Andrea has a 14 pound road bike and it doesn't make her road bike really that much better than ours. No, don't get me wrong. I think 14 pound, 15 pound road bikes are awesome. But again, the difference between it, again, if I went out and rode someone's 22 pound road bike, I'd be like, man, this thing's like kind of shitty. Like but sluggish, like just yes, like whoa, man, this thing's like really bad. But I mean, again, I don't get me wrong. The really nice stuff is nicer for a reason, and it's way more expensive for a reason. But again, the, the perceived difference you're going to feel as the end user is not as big. So again, just shoot for like shoot for that nice middle of the road stuff. It's really good. Again, we always bring up this the stock ZTR wheel set. That's a great example of like that is the middle of the road, super reliable, backed up stuff. Everyone knows how to deal with it. It works really, really well. That's like, we sell a ton of them for a reason. They're really good. So, I mean, don't overthink it. Don't be like, oh, I have to get carbon. So I think that's where we were going with it was. Or just stop. Carbon is awesome, but it's not necessary. No, earlier in the show, we're we're talking carbon this, carbon that. And don't get me wrong, it's great stuff, but you don't have to have it. I mean, it's that $600 arch wheel set is phenomenal. It's reliable. It's tubeless, blah, blah, blah. Everything does everything really well. It's yeah. just, it's not that un, that extra hundred grams or whatever lighter. I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to. Right. And I guess where I was going with all that is like, if you are having to ask, like, and you said this, if you're having to ask, should I buy this or that? Should I buy this or that? I want to make my bike lighter. You probably shouldn't be worried about making your bike light because it'll never get light. If you just have unlimited funding, then you're going to do all of it. So you're not going to say which one is going to magically make my bike five pounds lighter. You're going to say... I want a bike that weighs about this much and does this. Is it possible? Like, cause if you want a 20 pound downhill bike, sorry, it's never going to happen. But if you, you know, so as long as you have reasonable expectations and an unlimited budget, you can make anything happen. But if you don't have an unlimited budget, maybe you should just be happy riding whatever the hell you're riding right now. And if you don't like what you're riding, buy a specialized car. <laughs> <laughs> Matt just dropped the mic. I did. <laughs> All right. Uh, We've already talked about new shit we probably hate because we were ranting about uh, the Handmade Bike Show stuff. No, I mean, we weren't ranting about it. I just think it's really interesting that interesting. for whatever reason on Bike Rumor, all they talk about is freaking knobs. Like, I think it's really neat. I love hand-built stuff. I think it's all phenomenal, and there's a ton of talented people out there. But, like, I can only see so many, like, round two bikes welded together. And I just, like, stopped getting excited about them. Like, eh. I just think it's funny that they put our USTs on something that was a, otherwise a really hot bike. Yeah. It's like, okay, here's some 1,000-gram tires. <laughs> that bike could literally lose, like, two pounds in tires and still have good tires. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Matt's like a... I'm a five. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 5 being the crabbiest, I'm 5 crabby, I'm 5 tired, I'm 5 everything. Okay. Uh, well, on that note, we will uh, give it uh, a rest for the night. I'm ready to go to the clubs. <laughs> Matt's right. ready to go to bed. And uh, I will... My mom just called, so i got to call her back. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs>